welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, our big-eared elephant takes flight as he seeks to find the missing link between apes and humans so that he can market a new range of toys. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. So last week we released the film Black Tab, which was kind of a a, a double feature, Mm. Pixar-style short at the start, which is a... A uh, cat finds a black tabby cat find, attempts to find its way home through the mean streets of Saigon. Yep. Um, and then the the longer feature, which is a much more serious, uh, in depth look at the world of video piracy spanning two mm. and a half decades. Yes. Uh, how did that go at the box office this week? Um, a couple of things happened. So Black Tab was the name of both films, as we just yes. mentioned. Uh, the cutesy family two minute 30 film that we had at the start the uh family friendly black tab yeah off the charts in terms of ratings right okay loved it solid like 90 out of 100s on uh rotten tomatoes uh there's talk of like being nominated for like best short film oh really um yeah just absolutely went off went bananas the second feature though oh boy oh boy did that not go over well uh, and it gets even worse. So the film that's about piracy is now the most pirated film of all time. I was worried about this. This is despite the fact that as part of... Because the film was doing so poorly in, in the box office, I decided to put it on Mephuzawurda for free. Right. So like you can just go in there, watch it for free. Don't need to sign up. Don't need to do anything. People still pirated it. Really? Like they, they avoided the site and just went to like their piracy channels of choice torrent, torrent down, and like yeah. someone like started Kazar up again just so they could distribute, Kazar, Napster. just to like distribute our film on it and it's just like it's like if you thought Dallas Buyers Club was like bad in terms of the amount of people that pirated it you have no idea some people just pirated like 10 times just for the just, sake, just of, for the sake it. of it oh. yeah uh, so this this has left us in some very dire financial straits because the problem with a 2 minute 30 film even if it's successful, you can't air it on TV. You can't do anything with it because you have to jam. You can't jam ads into it. You know how, like, when you syndicate a, a film for TV, you can chop it up, put in ads through it, and sell all that space for adver- advertising material. A two-minute thirty film, you can't do that. Yeah. There's no space whatsoever for ads, so we can't make money off it. So, is there any way? Because we did a lot of product placement in Black Tab. Yes, and. I know that's sort of based on the amount of people that view it. Like Pepsi will give a certain amount of money because we yep. have the Pepsi vending machines. Yep. Do we still get that money through the part? Because we can we can track those numbers. We can say, hey, Pepsi, uh, <laughs> 3.5 million people downloaded and watched this film. Yep. Surely, like, we're indoctrinating them with this sort of brainwashing no, product placement. That's well, got to be worth some money. You would think it goes that way. But as the piracy industry has told us uh, year after year, if you pirate something, you're a criminal. So what people are doing now is they're just stealing Pepsi. They're stealing, they're stealing Pepsi. They're as stealing well. Pepsi. They're stealing everything that we put in there, product placement wise, is now being stolen. This is why we're in such huge trouble. All oh, right, uh, we've really created a monster with this one. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I, I really hope that somehow we can recuperate our cost, but it's a it's a lot of cost to right. recuperate. Okay. Uh, all right, on to this week in trailers, and we've got a little bit of a. Uh, Kids animated special for you. Yeah, this week. I mean it's it's always lovely when you log onto YouTube and type in <laughs> type in new release film trailers, and there's four or five of exactly the same type of film. Yep. Or like, well, Hollywood, you're not being terribly original, oh, but yeah, at yeah. least you're giving us the opportunity to theme the episode. Oh yeah, absolutely, and they're all great. They're all great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so anyway, let's kick it off with the one that's been on everyone's uh, lips this week, which is. Pokemon Detective Pikachu, starring Ryan Reynolds, Justice Smith, Ken Watanabe, and directed by Rob Letterman. 
Welcome to Rhyme City. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Tim, your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad... I'm not. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah, that didn't really work out. Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. You can't understand me. But put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my God, you can understand me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika. Yeah, Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? This rings so many of my childhood bells. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's so familiar, the characters, but it was also at the same time, incredibly strange because you've yeah. only ever really seen these guys as the the um, uh, manga sort of animated yep. style of yep. character, and they're occupying this weird space between semi-real yeah. and still semi-cutesy. It's, uh, it's a, a 3D animated characters occupying the real world. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds sounds really weird <laughs> as Pikachu, <laughs> but then there's these moments where obviously it cuts to everyone else can only hear him as Pika Pika. Yeah. And I'm just like... I didn't want to like this film. I know. I thought it was a bad idea. Yeah. And the trailer sold me on I the idea. I want to see it. I yeah. want to see it. This is weird because it's the first live action and uh, live action Pokemon film there's been ever. Uh, and the first Pokemon game came out in 1996, I believe. Uh, so it's well over 20 years now that we've had Pokemon in our lives. I grew up with it as well. Um, and they're only now just getting around to the idea of like, oh, well, maybe we should make a live action film out of this. Uh, so Detective Pikachu is actually based on a spin-off game called Detective Pikachu. Uh, and I believe in the game that Pikachu can actually talk. And right. the... That Pikachu goes around solving crimes. It's got a bit you of a would Sherlock expect Holmes. With a, yeah, he's wearing a Deerstalker hat, yeah, so yeah. I imagine it's supposed to be uh, yep. Sherlock Holmes-ish. This one goes for a bit more of a personal story. So uh, the lead human character, Justice Smith, uh, his dad... See, that's uh, his actual real name, as opposed yeah, yeah, to like... That's his name. In, in a film that's called Detective Pikachu, <laughs> having a character called Justice Smith might fit in, but no, this is the actor's actual name. Yeah, and his name in the film is Tim Goodman. Like... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Justice Smith's character, his dad has either... He's gone missing. They presume he's dead. Uh, but between te- Detective Pikachu and Ken Watanabe, who plays a senior detective, I guess, or a lieutenant or whatever, they're like, no, your dad might actually be alive. And they try to unravel this mystery. Uh, the twist is, as we said, only the main character can understand Pikachu. Everyone else kind of sees him as the original Pokemon. It's kind of like... um, Do you remember that SBS... Uh, comedy series Wilfred Wilfred uh, which was I like, thought you were going to say Inspector Rex but <laughs> that's right I do remember both of those uh, yeah so in Wilfred uh, a guy has a dog uh, and to that guy it's like another guy dressed in a dog suit to everyone else it's an actual, an actual dog. dog and yeah they can communicate with one another in English yeah, yeah. but no one else sees him the yeah. same way uh, got remade in the US with Elijah Wood as yeah. the same same guy who played Wilfred same actually, guys, yeah. uh, both versions are actually quite Pretty enjoyable good, yeah. so. uh, but there's like weird bits in that one where like this guy in a dog suit 
like catches dead birds and brings them up to the I don't think that Detective Pikachu's <laughs> going to go down that road but it's a similar kind of like only one person that's, can see the yeah. truth obviously that's the central conceit of the film is that if one of the characters can understand Pikachu and no one else can yep and then they've obviously added the fluff of is my dad alive or not and yeah. no one cares about the no story. We no. just want to see Charizard <laughs> doing fire blast. We just want to see, see... You see Charizard, you see Jigglypuff, you see... Uh, Mr. Mime, Mr. Psyduck, Mime, Greninja. Bulbasaur. There's a whole bunch of like your favourites in there. Squirtle's Squirtle on a missing poster yeah, but we don't actually get to see him it's in real so life. Good. There's one thing I want to raise about this partic- uh, this trailer though. You know, I, I, other films have done this where like a character speaks... English to the audience or to another person in the film and then to everyone else they're not speaking English they're speaking something that they can't yeah. understand um, the thing is though as when you're watching Pikachu do its like talk and do its actions it's moving its mouth and making facial expressions in a way that makes it look human yes. so what does that look like to other people <laughs> I don't if there's that disconnect has never sat well with me so either like Justice Smith is imagining him talking in such a way that he's making all these elaborate facial movements and can, like, wink and smile and, like, twist his mouth in a way that makes those noises. And to everyone else, it just looks like he's, like, flapping yeah. his mouth open. And I mean, because that is, like, the central part of the story, the crutch that it falls on, I don't know if they're going to explain it at some point. I doubt uh, it. Or, or whether it's just like, no, you just have to buy into this idea. <laughs> we know you buy into a world where there's uh, <laughs> monsters who fight one another for yeah. sport because you know, we've been selling millions and millions of games for the last 25 <laughs> years. So we don't even care if you buy into that or not. We, we know you're on yeah, board exactly. with that. Yeah. Uh, there's just this, like one little extra step we need you to, to get past to, get to, past, yep. to buy into the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason why this has been doing the rounds around social media, yeah. why it's been constantly shared because uh, it's, an idea that should be bad that looks really good. So yeah, I know, knows? exactly. It could be one of those like Lego movie style ideas where it's like, this film shouldn't be good, but it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, see that later next year. Next year. Okay, on to the next trailer for this week's episode, which is Ugly Dolls, starring a veritable laundry list of American musical talent, including Kelly Clarkson, Pitbull, Nick Jonas, and Gabriel Onglises. Onglais? Iglesias. Iglesias. There, that'll do. Uh, and directed by Kelly Asbury. This summer, you're invited to a magical place where weird is celebrated, strange is special, and beauty is more than meets the eye. Good morning, Uglyville! Hello, gorgeous. Let's check out how you look today. Short and stubby, nubby teeth out on full display. Your pinkish red got this thing on your head. And whoa, girl, you couldn't look better. Cause there's a scrambled sun in the day glows bright. And the mood couldn't be any brighter. And that's a Oh, boy. Oh boy! Oh man, this this film feels so sickly sweet. Yeah, it feels like it, it. really gave me the sense of Trolls, where they're like, we want it to be cutesy, we want it to be musical. Yeah, and it just just cranked everything up to maximum. Um, yeah, yeah. There's like there is. I don't think there's ever been another film that is so blatantly a marketing exercise in trying to sell toys than there is in Ugly Dolls. Because I'm thinking of like Transformers, right? Like Transformers, at least was a fun cartoon, had a story, had, like, action, had sort of everything that you could ever want in a toy to uh, live... Act- well, not even toy to live action, toy cartoon. to cartoon adaptation. This is, like, 
we have a bunch of toys. Uh, they're all got like wacky designs. So we're just going to chuck them into a movie and let them interact with each other. There is no story in those no, films. I mean, the basic premise is that uh, there is a town where everyone is like somewhat ugly or misshapen, but they're incredibly happy about it. And all they do is just go around singing about uh, how happy they all are. Yep. And then they do that for a good five-sixths of the film, and then for the tiny little sliver at the end, they go, actually, we're going to do a story where they go to a world called, like, Perfectville, and they don't fit in because they're all misshapen and and weird uh, one-eyed monsters. Yeah, Perfectville is sort of, like, orderly concrete slabs and houses and everything's sort of very neat and proper and very dull. And I assume it's going to be a whole, like, learn to embrace the ugly side in you and you'll see colour everywhere. I hate this. I hate it so much. And they're also incredibly forceful. Like, here is the one popular catchy song which is going to be in the film. Yeah. And we're just going to have all of our Kelly Clarksons and Gabriel Iglesias and (laughs) Pitbulls and Nick Jonas's sing it. So it's like, before they even tell you who's in the film, it's original songs by this list of artists. And then later on, they're just like starring and they just list the same same people again. It's the same people. At Pitbull, at the end of both of them. I'm like, Pitbull, you have no place in this film. What are you doing? Interestingly, uh, this film is uh, produced by uh, Troublemaker Studios, whom you may not know, but the owner of Troublemaker Studios is Robert Rodriguez. Oh, right. Of Sin City, of... uh, From Dust Till Dawn. all those films. And also the Spy Kids franchise He did do Spy Kids. That's an eclectic studio. Like, yeah. This clear... Like, this film is the... We desperately need money so we can continue making films with them. Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Machete. Danny Trejo. Yes, that's it. This is what this film is. It's like, we need to make more of these films that don't really make us any money. Here's how we can do it. We will, like, jump on board with an established toy line. I'm pretty sure it's already a series of toys. Is it? I'm, yeah. If it's not, it's in production it's, right it's 100%, now. They made the toys before they made the film. There is no doubt in my mind about it. Um, and this is the kind of film that will just, like, give you bank if you are running low on it it also feels very much like a pair of film studio executives very similar to us watched (laughs) trolls and then sat down for 40 minutes and discussed what can we do that is similar enough to trolls that we can make that money yeah but uh not really that much of an original (laughs) idea but different enough that they can't sue us that's just (laughs) i would say that 40 minutes is generous Oh dear! It's, uh, I'd say that twenty of that is like uh, contacting their their manufacturers in China and getting the uh, yeah um the the thing off the ground. I to be fair, like we've we've ragged on this trailer. I quite like the material texture, the three D rendered material texture of these characters yep. has a bit of a, a real life. Yeah, because um, they need to look like the toys. That's exactly, why. but like. They've never really sort of... I suppose the technology exists now to render it in that way. But in previous iterations, like, you look at the original sort of Woody and Buzz, and they're just a little bit too glossy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But this looks very much like, hey, we could manufacture something that looks pretty much exactly like this from real-world materials. that's part of, like... And I suppose, like, Toy Story sort of originally started that in terms of, like, making characters that, like... For, like formatted in such a way that they could be easily made into toys and had scenes in the places that like needed to be genuinely like, less cynical with that. It oh, was it absolutely. was more there was we want our characters to be believable, believable as yeah. toys, yes. not to be translatable yes. to, into toys. And so. I like looking at like ugly this this film as well, ugly dolls, because all the character designs are so simple that any like machine shop in Asia somewhere which is where these toys are being cranked out can just churn them out it's like oh I made a mistake no you didn't you just made it even more ugly (laughs) 
Exactly. You made a new character. Yeah. There's uh, no, there are no factory defects that's right, from yeah. the, the, shop, the Chinese shop floor <laughs> that makes these things. They, they probably are just defects from another factory. Yeah. They like just ch- like funnel through a big tunnel somewhere. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that'll do. Just slap a logo on them. Somewhat. And some uh, eyes. Yeah. Somewhat uh, interestingly, like uh, there's someone there expecting, and they throw away the ones that are too perfect <laughs> in the conveyor belt. No, sorry, this is too perfect. In the bin you go. <laughs> do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where Mo was just putting googly eyes on oyster shells? This is what that feels like. <laughs> um, just be- all right. Just before we move on to our next film, we're just going to sort of give honourable mention to uh, two other uh, animated kids' amazing films that are on the way, uh, and that is Wonder Park and Missing Link. Yeah, so Wonder Park, uh, again, when we're looking through and picking out the kids' films, mm, yep. and normally we struggle to find three good trailers, and this week we've got five uh, kids' films. <laughs> this is This is just so... Generic. It's yeah, a, it's it a little kid. It looks like the Pixar slash DreamWorks yep. uh, computer generated people. Yep. Uh, she goes into the forest and finds talking animals that have somehow constructed the theme park from her fantasy. Yep. And it's her discovery of regaining her lost innocence, helping magical creatures to defend the park against some sort of evil that's yeah, trying to tear yeah. it down. Uh, brought to us by Nickelodeon Films. Uh, and they've already said that it's going to be turned into a TV series as well. So they've done the sort of like we're making a movie and a TV series kind of thing there, um, and yeah, it just it's incredibly generic. predictable, it's predictable and generic. generic and predictable. Uh, hits all the right all the notes yeah. that were right for kids' films uh, yeah. fifteen or twenty years ago. Yep, yeah. and now you got to be a little bit more original. Can, I feel. Can I just say though? The, the cast in Wonder Park, I'm just sort of looking at the list here. Or the, the, so the only the voice I recognise was John Oliver, and he tends to choose very good projects. Yeah, I know. And he is, he's more than just a bit role in this as yeah, well. He seems to be the second lead animal but talking porcupine. It's bearing the lead in terms of the other actors in this. Let me just go through the list here. Uh, we've got Matthew Broderick, Jennifer Garner, Kenan Thompson, Ken Jeong, Jeong? Jeong. Jeong. Mila Kunis, uh, David Cross, Kath Suji, uh, and Kenan Thompson. Why is he in there twice? Anyway, um, that is that's bizarre. That's just like a like, huge list, and, and, and if, John if I, Oliver as well. If if I had known that this was the list of stars, I'm not sure this would have got an okay. honourable mention. This may have been one of our <laughs> featured trailers, but but you can't tell. There's no like. There's so many of these actors in there for no good reason. Yeah. Um. And like again, <laughs> oh man, like the the page for it on Wikipedia just lists the actors. It doesn't even tell you what character they're playing. It doesn't even matter. It's just like, they're in the film. They're in the you film, come it. and see they're it. They're in the film, just go and see it. Uh, and uh, the other film is Missing Link, uh, brought to us by Leica Studios, who did uh, Coraline and the very well-received Kuda, Kubo. Kubo and the Two Strings. And the Two Strings. Uh, so uh, another stop-motion animated... Uh, I'm not sure it's completely stop-motion animated in so much as it's a, a 3D-rendered style no, no, blended with stop-motion that looks looks mo- like a... If it was anything like uh, Kubo, uh, it was like 80% stop motion with yeah. like 20% CG augmentation. It looks, this looks really good as well. It's, it sort yeah. of um, takes you on a journey of uh, a Bigfoot style character yeah. as he explores the world with an English style explorer type character as they unearth the uh, Yeti and yeah. uh, Loch Ness monster and yeah. all those sort of cryptids, um, but done in a very sort of... Uh, interesting way i don't know i don't know i i I didn't not enjoy this trailer but also there was nothing much in it that was like oh i need to go and see this so unlike Coraline, which had a really engaging and kind of cool story and kubo which is just phenomenally beautiful to look at as a film this is more like slapsticky it's a bit more like 
um, uh, silly dumb jokes, uh, you know, butt jokes and, and uh, you know, is my breath bad kind of jokes. And, like, it's just a bit silly. So it could be... I do really like the style, though. Like, yeah. in terms of, like, that that really nice stop motion. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it, it's uh, I feel more empathy with these sort of nice stop motion characters than I yeah. do with the... Uh, the beautifully rendered CG people who yeah, are supposed to look exactly. more like real people, but I just don't believe that yep. they could possibly exist in the world. Yep. Another huge cast for this film as well. Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, Timmy, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Emma Thompson, and Zach Galifianakis. And Stephen Fry apparently is in oh, really? at some point. Yeah, He didn't uh, make a mention in the trailer. No, he but- did not. <laughs> but anyway. All right. On to the final trailer for this week's episode, which is Dumbo. Uh, starring Colin Farrell, Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Eva Green, uh, and directed by the one and only Tim Burton. Welcome, baby Dumbo. We're all family here, no matter how small. back inside but she's his mom do something well it's uh, yet another disney makes a live action version of an original animated uh, they're film. putting they're really churning them they out they really are uh they've got aladdin coming up very very soon as well i believe probably early next year yeah even like really like pete's dragon got a live action remake and that's oh, yeah, not even a particularly well-known yeah. disney film yeah uh, I, think, I think they're going for at least like one a year in the same way that they do for Star Wars and, and the Marvel films. It's just like, turn it out. Just get it out there. Get one out there. Uh, attach a big cast to it and attach a well-known director to it and somehow magic will happen. And by magic, I mean money. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, think, I don't think it's uh, distinguishable no- <laughs> in Disney's mind <laughs> between the two. Uh, because there is decidedly no magic in this film uh, in terms of it being like something you actually want to see. Um, maybe I'm being too critical, but like I hated this trailer. Oh right, because I mean I hated the visual style. Yep. But there's this moment there where Dumbo's reaching out his trunk and with his mother's trunk, who's locked in a train carriage, and my heart just went, "Oh god, a baby animal and a mother <laughs> animal! Damn you! This this thing that I don't want to watch has already elicited more Look, emotion from me than uh, anything else." I, I'm with you on an animal emotion kind of stuff. I I totally agree with that. But when it's like a creepily rendered CGI elephant, I really don't. It care. is quite creepy. It's it's, its yeah. eyes are huge and wide apart. Yep. Um, and it's 
playing on the hey the big sort of like um neo what was it neophyte anyway there's a there's a, a way of describing um features that are very baby-like and childlike oh, that, yeah. Yeah. um uh, elicit that sort of like emotional response for you yep. but this is taking it to a level like it's just just a tad too it's creepy too it's like uh do you remember that trailer for uh, i think it's called alita battle angel where it's just like it looks like a real person but they've made her eyes super huge like and, a manga character like a ma- yeah and, and she just looks creepy as a result it this is like that because creepy. The uh, elephant is otherwise, like, realistically proportioned and has realistic features, like a ton of wrinkles, like little bits of hair, um, has, like, again, it's a realistic-looking elephant for the most part, except for its giant eyes and its giant ears that it can flap around like a bird's wings. Um, and that- you know. general idea from disney that an elephant could fly using its ears <laughs> is probably a bit of a bridge too far maybe it works when it's like a cell animated drawing because that doesn't have yeah. too much weight but when you see this thing that looks like a mass i'm like yeah. oh there's uh, what <laughs> Where, where's the bones in the ears where's the musculature to be able to yeah. flap it like that i think we also need to talk about the production design of this film as well which is you know insane cg over the top nothing shot for real basically as is like tim burton's style these days yeah the kind of like alice in wonderland template where um most of the soundstage is green or blue yeah i mean this is the thing they, they do a lot of work building these nice sort of big top tents yeah and then as soon as there's sky it just looks like Super computer fake, rendered yeah. and, and fake and and awful tim burton did big fish didn't he because yes, he did yeah. this has a very big fish kind of vibe to it and yeah. i think i think danny devito is also playing a circus <laughs> ringleader yeah. um like he did in uh in big fish except yes. Uh, it doesn't have any of the heart. Obviously, bringing back more characters, Michael Keaton yep. shows up. It's a, uh, it's a from, Batman reunion. Yeah, it is a Batman reunion. Oh, I forgot that Danny DeVito yeah. was the Penguin. Yeah. There you go. Danny DeVito versus Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, only, I think, from the looks of it, Danny DeVito is supposed to be the good yeah. guy. In Danny DeVito is like the unassuming ringleader who's sort of like nice and friendly, whereas Michael Keaton's playing, I think, the circus owner, yeah. who's a bit of like a hardline... Um, my way or the highway kind of like i don't want to say like it's the kind of like evil cartoon villain version of walt disney yes um as opposed to the actual walt disney or the yeah. walt disney that disney likes you to think of um and yeah he's he's playing he's playing a real smarmy asshole in this yeah. one uh so yeah anyway that's dumbo see that in 2019 and those are the three trailers well three and a bit Three and two others. Three, Five trailers. 3.2. <laughs> I don't know how you do decimal points with trailers. <laughs> uh, yeah, 3.2 trailers for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's have a quick recap of this week's trailers. We have a CGI slash live action blend of a beloved video game uh, of the 90s. Yep. We have a uh, full of pop stars and musical sickly sweet uh, product CGI CGI adaptation of a popular children's toy line. Yeah, children's toy line indeed. Uh, We'll do uh, honorable mention sort of... uh, just, I mean, Wonder Park, I'm not going to mention because that's just a kid's CGI film. Yep. Um, Missing Link has stop motion stop elements, motion. which I, I really yep. do quite like. And then this is also, strangely <laughs> enough, quite similar to Pokemon, which is a, a live action slash CG remake of a beloved, this kind uh classic Disney film or yes. classic animated film. Yes, indeed. Uh, I don't think, I think it's my turn to pick, but I don't think there's any point picking something this no. week. We're going to be making a beloved children's animated classic. doesn't need to be 
something that came before. No. But it could be. It will be. Okay. And obviously we can also choose to adapt anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, We can say it could be easier to adapt something that's already out there in terms of a product and just turn it into a film uh, because then we don't have to worry about like research and development and like farming out to factories to make these products. We'll just say... We'll just talk to the owners of whatever product we choose and say, hey, how would you like us to uh, make a film about your product? Uh, And they'll obviously say, well, yeah, absolutely we do. And we'll make it. So, I mean, it does beg the question which style of animation we're going down. Yep. Is there live action elements which we've blended in with computer generation? Yep. Are we going with some stop motion yep. sort of elements? I think we need to do all of them. Right. But is it... it I mean, Dumbo and, uh, and Pokemon are yep. mainly real world environments yep. with things... Yep. Can we stop motion things into that real we world environment absolutely can in the way that they used to do it back in the old, old yeah world like ray harryhausen style yeah. uh yeah jason and the argonauts yep. and clash of the yep. titans you see they were making those in the 30s and 40s like surely the technology for doing life-size stop motion animated films would be greatly increased like the like literally the armature that they put inside these puppets for these uh like Ardman style yep. things are the same armature that they used in the 30s. <laughs> Literally, the ball and socket joint technology has not changed yeah. at all. Actually, the, the main problem with doing uh, stop-motion animated in that kind of scale is that uh, motion blur doesn't work because you're shooting each frame at a time, so you don't get that natural blurring of frames as right. something goes past it, and that's what makes it look super fake. Uh, so we either adopt that like aesthetic as a creative choice a la Tim Burton, yeah. uh, or we don't do it at all. Well, we fake it. We fake it. We could always, I mean, not really rehashing our own work. The Curious Flight of the Hymenopteryx. Yes. We did uh, full-scale marionette puppets. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, Live-action marionette yep. full-scale puppets. Oh, I think this has a little bit of an element to that. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure there's there's some technology that we invented for that, which could uh, come oh, we through should, as well. Absolutely. But I think it also needs to be based on whatever the film is about. I think right. that will okay. dictate the kind of technology we use. Um, the first thing that sprung to my mind as a product that we should make a film film of is matchsticks 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 i thought you were gonna say matchbox cars because that's got a much more uh (laughs) uh toy tie-in that we hasn't really seen before missing here you're missing the new market that you can open up for matchsticks the children if you make a beloved kids animated classic out of a product not necessarily marketed towards children you can now market it towards children is it bad that we're marketing matchsticks, though? I think so. From I a think safety perspective. As much as I, you know, uh, like the challenge of defending <laughs> cases in court, um, little Timmy who burnt his hands off <laughs> playing with matches in the backyard. But I do like I do like the idea of maybe going back to a simpler time. Yep. Maybe taking the the ball in a cup. Maybe okay, taking okay, the, the, the hoop and a stick. Yep. The kind of the, the kind of toys, toys. That, yeah, classic yeah. toys that you don't see so much anymore. Yep. And like I mean, because these. I don't know if they have uh, copyright uh, like lapsing on, yep. on ideas like that. The yo-yo, yeah. like these are these are things that have been around for ages, aren't yep. quite so popular anymore. Yep. Maybe we can get in a good deal and uh, and start you know scoop them up, scoop and, them up, yeah. and, uh, and and put them into a film. Yeah, that's what we can do. And what we'll do, we have to rebrand all of these toys as well, so they can't just be the original cup and ball as you remember it no we need to put googly eyes on it uh give it a personality of some kind maybe make it furry some of them just have fur for some reason but they still operate like uh the original toys so what if it's like a monster pop like a monster island where it's populated by all these odd looking monsters that just happen to look like classic kids toys like the cup and ball monster which would be like a i guess a ice cream cone shaped monster with eyes on it and then it would have like 
uh, springy kind of string connecting it to its eyeball. So then, is it is it deliberately like an Island of Misfit Toys style of this is where old toys have gone to uh, because they know and when people have yep. forgot about them yep. and they have evolved yep. and mutated exactly. into these creatures. They, they have mutated and evolved uh, into these creatures. They've been thrown out uh, uh, as the original toys, and over time and through magical evolutionary processes, they've grown fur. They've adapted to their environment. They've become sentient. They've been able to move around. I don't know how cup and ball would move around the. I think maybe like it, it, it throws the ball like a little grappling hook and it latches onto something <laughs> and it pulls itself along and then it throws the ball and latches yeah. on and pulls itself right, along. Cool. So the hula hoop also does the same thing. But I like the idea that the hula hoop has like two sets of eyes on the top and it has to roll everywhere to get anywhere. It just gets dizzy all the time. Just keeps getting dizzy. Could never like... And then if it falls over as well, that's it. Yeah. It can't go any further. Um, all right. I'm liking where this is going. What are the classic toys can we bring in here? I, I've said yo-yo. three, and I've literally <laughs> tapped out my ideas. Slinky. No, we can't do Slinky, because no, like Toy Story uh, ripped that off. I think. I also think as though that may Slinky may be copyrighted. The Rubik's Cube? I think that's probably a bit too modern. I think we're going back to, like, the 1880s. What are the kids oh, playing with gee, Okay, you, uh, well, like, <laughs> a couple of... Sti- the uh, jacks. Like, yeah. the pick up the jacks things. Yeah, the pick up sticks. Yep. The uh, dominoes, I think, yep. probably. <laughs> why not? I think we're getting a bit too board gamey here, yeah. but why not? Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Um, let's. So let's think. Let's think. Who is our main? Like our main set of toys. Oh, I reckon. So what we have to do here is, um, maybe you have these like yo-yo. Yep. Yo-yo is one of the oldest toys. It's yeah. like it's like four thousand years old. Yeah. And it's the wise old sage. And then as toys have come and gone and been forgotten. Yep. Um, they've moved to this place. So I actually watched a really interesting YouTube documentary about uh, a board game from yep. uh, Mesopotamia yep. that no one plays anymore because Backgammon came along and Backgammon ah, was like that was better. Yeah. And so this, that board game is good. Like yeah. no one really plays dominoes anymore. And so what's like the, the most recent game, which was popular, that no one really plays <laughs> no one anymore? No one plays anymore. Because uh, you could even have like um, the Atari, right? The Atari shows yeah, yeah, up yeah. after a while because it's now moving into the... And the Atari is sort of sitting there. It hasn't quite gained sentience yet. Yep. So, uh, you know, ball in a cup and... See, you know, this is what ne- this film needs to be about. We need to use the all the, the toys that either fell out of popularity or were, like, so defective and so, like, dangerous for kids back in the Ooh. day that they just were, like, no longer sold. There's, Something there's, like, there's the um, antagonist of yeah, the story. Like, the, the dangerous toys, yeah, the, yeah. the fireworks, yeah. the... Um, <laughs> the, the, the like the, the shoes with springs on them that uh, yeah pogo stick pogo is a, sticks, good, yeah. a good one the, the the trampolines that are still used today that yeah, cause yeah. more broken no, bones in kids than no, any no, other they, toy they, no they use all the modern like safety trampolines now that don't have springs in them or anything like that but we're talking about like rusty, the original rusty like, spring, rusty crappy trampolines the, 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 the need a tetanus shot when you fall <laughs> when you, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so this is this film is going to be about the uprising of the rejected, the too dangerous, the um, unsafe toys that have been like thrown into a giant trash island somewhere, a la like Isle of Dogs, the uh, the Wes Anderson animated yeah. film. They've just been dumped on an island somewhere, um, and they all like evolve over time, gain sentience, and then they're like, "That's it. It's time for revenge. Our like our time to be played with is now, and we're marching back to the mainland, yeah, to uh, stake our claim." Is this then also a social commentary on like? kids playing too many fortnights oh yeah uh, absolutely. and like oh they should go outside and play with these dangerous rusty <laughs> springs it's so much safer out it's there better, it's, it's even better as well but i think that like if we do something like fortnite because fortnite involves like jumping 
like on spring traps which launch you up into the air and you parachute down from it's a very dangerous yeah like if you took that into the real world it's super dangerous but i like the idea that kids are getting inspired by like the crazy stunts you can do in Fortnite. they come out all these rejected toys are there and they can now live out their Fortnite fantasies okay but are the the kids getting damaged because like this is this is supposed to be like a thing maybe we should go outside and play but like (laughs) almost what we're suggesting is no actually stay inside it's so much it's safer in there well i don't know this is where where do we want to go from here it's true it really depends who gives us enough money (laughs) whether we're going to get the money from the toys that we get to market or whether like activision's gonna subtly slip us a check for two million but like to- I said, this is the best part of it, right? We go and find all those rejected, like, toys that were banned and, like, um, you know, taken from store shelves because they were too dangerous. We just modify them slightly, add in some googly eyes, we add in some, like, a new paint job or whatever to match the ones that we're putting into the film. Yeah. We just resell them. There's, yes. Like, there'd be tons of stock of it because... None of them sold in the first place. There used to be a game called Lawn Darts, which is just like <laughs> literally like foot long darts, which you oh threw up God. in the air and tried to hit a target that laid down. Oddly enough, throwing sharp objects, very heavy, sharp objects in the air, um, it, it resulted in several injuries. Okay. So, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, man. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of like rejected toys. I mean, there's been a ton of them over the years. Just like stuff that like electrocutes you. There's like, you know, those. Um, they sold them a few years ago. They're like those skill testing toys, which like genuinely shock you as well when you get them wrong. Right? They're like uh, they're like the um, operation game, but like if you touch the edge, <laughs> it's not just like a <laughs> nice Pavlovian mod. operation it, like, it, game. <laughs> it actually shocks you. Uh, yeah, we just we just have to churn through the history books, find the rejected toys, or we make our own. Like we could also do that, um, and then yeah, resell them, reskin them, resell them. Um, and then it doesn't matter if they get recalled or banned. We've already made the money off Exactly. It. I was about to say we need a bit of a story for this one. And then I realized, no, we don't. <laughs> we absolutely don't need so much more. What we need is a, a, a cast of characters that yes. can sing and dance yes. with poppy music yep. to mask over the fact that we don't know what the moral of the story is. Is it go outside and play or is it stay inside where it's safe? Is it that uh, things that are forgotten do still have value or is it things that are forgotten have been forgotten for a reason because they're incredibly dangerous? <laughs> doesn't matter. Depends it really who's doesn't matter. It. it depends who's watching it. If we're watching it, it's definitely the these things matter. If it's anyone else, it's the these things should have died because they're very dangerous. Uh, but yeah, I agree. We need a, um, a a nice little sort of like random cast. There can be like a whole bunch of background toys and stuff that wage war on or like they invade the yeah. mainland. But we can trawl through the... You know how like Wreck-It Ralph just sort of pulls out exactly. a whole bunch of video game characters? We'll do something like that. But so long as we don't have to pay licensing on any of No, no, of we them. won't have to. Like, all these toys are rejected. Most yep. of the companies are dead. They won't have patents for them anymore. We'll just, like, you know, pick them up from, I don't know. I had, I had this... Uh, okay. Do you remember X-Ray Specs that yes. you could get? Yep. Like, also, I'm fairly sure the advertising for that was incredibly sexist <laughs> and really misogynistic yep. in a way that, like, in today's political climate, just would not fly <laughs> at all. I think X-Ray Specs has just got completely ostracized <laughs> by the rejected X- toy group. X-Ray Specs is definitely on that island. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they should stay. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> but we... Okay. Um, all right. So, like, let's let's figure out who... I, I, I like Cup and Ball. Uh, cup and Ball as well feels like a toy that is probably a bit dangerous because the original Cup and Balls weren't just like... I think, like, the current ones just use a foam ball. 
or yeah. a like a wooden mallet or a wooden cone. Yeah. So if you like fling that ball around and it hits someone, it doesn't matter because you won't feel it. It's just a soft thing. But the original cup and ball is like this hard, like rubber, super. I think wood. I, I, like, yeah, it was wood actually. I yeah. reckon it would double as like a morning star style <laughs> mace. If your, kid, your little kid brother is annoying you, yeah, yeah. This, this toy is not yeah. a toy anymore. It becomes yeah. a weapon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it was the original cone shape with a pointy end at the bottom yeah. as well, which was super sharp for no reason. So like, yeah, original cup and ball is sort of like really annoyed at like modern cup and ball which is just like a nice soft round yeah. edge cup with a foam ball and string that is fluffy and cannot be used possibly to choke someone with it uh and yeah it's just like i think we need to give it like a super gruff like hard ass uh liam neeson style voice to suggest that it is like the original um take no prisoners kind of uh character so then he's not the lead, right? Uh, Liam well, Neeson's gruff is not. He's not the lead. He's, he's the lead. he's the embittered offside. I'm yep. happy. I'm happy for Liam Neeson to be cup and ball. <laughs> okay, I think that works nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then hula hoop needs <laughs> to be that kind of more free spirited kind of yeah, yeah. lackadaisical kind yeah. of yeah kind of uh, spinning around and perpetually. Who has dizzy. more energy? Like a dizzying amount <laughs> of energy. How do you keep that up? Kind of uh, Mindy Kaling. I think should play the hula. Yeah, all right. She's she can ha- she can do that sort of like uh, valley girl kind of yeah. d- ditzy kind of yeah. Because like the heyday of the hula hoop was like the eighties, wasn't it? Like no, they, no, no but they came like, it came back more in the like 80s. the sixties. I reckon. But I it, think yeah, anyway, it came back in the eighties, and then I think also the eighteen sixties as well, <laughs> and probably the fourteen sixties. In I assume it is from Hawaii, based on the name, maybe. Uh, who I knows? Know. I feel that that's like a Mattel marketing campaign there. Sure. Like, I think Hula Hoop is like Glad Wrap in that it should have a trademark at the end of it as not actually the name of that product. <laughs> and like before that, it was just hoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it used for? Anything <laughs> you want. <laughs> skipping rope. We forgot skipping rope. Oh, skipping. But people still play with skipping rope. I suppose I they do a little bit. Skipping rope has like sporty kind of, like it's actually useful. Yeah, for, for boxes and, little, right, yeah. and little girls. <laughs> and little girls. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so now we can't do skipping rope. Hula hoop's fine. I think uh, pogo stick or pogo like stick's very space good. boots. Like boots with springs on the end Springy of boots. Is pogo stick then the, the protagonist or do we not really have a clear protagonist? It's more of like an ensemble No, cast. I like the idea of a protagonist. I like the idea of an uprising coming from one person or one thing that then inspires everyone else. So I like how Woody is like... Yeah, okay. I, well, I think pogo stick's probably yep. our, our Woody-style character. Yep. And who should play pogo stick? Female, male, doesn't really matter. What kind of... Actually, let's figure out what type of character they are. Are they, like, embittered or are they more like, it's our time, let's do this again, everyone is equal and no one is a reject here? Yeah. Uh, so they're more, like, blindingly optimistic to the fact that they're incredibly dangerous and So the, the the Amy Poehler joy kind of blindingly yeah, yeah. optimism from yeah. uh, Inside from Out? From Inside Out. I Why like don't that. we just get Amy Poehler then? Like possibly. I was having having flashes of Kristen Bell as well. Like, oh, yeah, uh, she'd and be great. She, I mean, someone, someone of that ilk, I think they've probably signed exclusivity deals with Disney at the moment <laughs> uh, for Frozen slash Inside Out. Probably. Um, Chris, so got, is Kristen Bell in? Oh, she she's in Frozen, Frozen oh, okay. yeah. I've, she's I've she's, never uh, seen Frozen. Right. Um... Someone of that sort of, of that, that ilk. Of that ilk. ilk. Uh, ooh. What about Reese Witherspoon? That's that's all right. Yeah, I'm fairly sure she's been released from her contract <laughs> on Monsters vs. Aliens. They're not they're not planning on oh, doing man, any sequels. Oh man, I forgot on that about one. that film. Yeah, 
Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. I think she's got that yeah. kind of. We'll get her to play sort of the legally blonde style. I think she's uh, probably a bit more fierce and. I mean, I suppose yeah? the legally blonde is quite fierce and determined. Yep. And but I, th- I think while uh, if we're doing hula hoop as being a bit more ditzy, yeah. Uh, pogo stick is a bit more action driven. A bit more. This is what we need to do. Yeah. Um, determination to her. So. So maybe a combination between Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde and Reese Witherspoon in that film where she goes for a long walk. What was it called? I wanted to say Into the Wild, but it might just be called Wild. I think it might be just called Wild. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll just say like somewhere in between there, just like 50-50, call it even. All right, cool. And I think the, the last one we need is the wizened old uh, yo-yo. Yep. Uh, someone who has, I don't want to cast Ken Watanabe because he's no. the wizened old sagely person in, um, yeah, in all yep. of these films. Yep. And I also don't want to cast like Morgan Freeman. Or because, Ian like, McKellen. Yeah, no. it's, it's too played out. What about Kelsey Grammer? Kelsey Grammer. Oh, no, he's locked to Disney. He, is oh, what? Well, is I mean, he, he was with the, the Avengers pro- or? I forgot about that. Uh, he was the prospector in Toy Story 2 He was, well. yeah. It's amazing how all of these big name actors, I don't think we can name a single one who <laughs> hasn't also done I know, some, a number of some kids form films. Of, or some form of Disney film as well. Uh, who's got that, who's got nice gravitas as, a, as an actor? Um, can we get Neil deGrasse Tyson to do it? We probably could. He's a terrible actor, by the way, but I... Yes, he why just not? just needs that deep authoritative voice, and yep. everyone just sort of believes what he says. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like he's a bad actor in a way that's like intentionally bad, I guess. Yeah, we've uh, we've really missed a trick here because yep. I'm not sure any of these guys can sing harmony with each other. Oh, as, we're as doing they, a musical as they release. Doesn't you know what we do? We do the sound alikes. You know how like for a Ala- the original animated version of Aladdin, it's totally like. There's a voice for the uh, for the speaking role yeah. and there's a voice for the singing role and they're not the same. So we just get soundalikes, singing soundalikes for Neil deGrasse Tyson, Reese Witherspoon, uh, Liam Neeson, and, and Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Do we have to? Do we then have to cast? I can't. I can't name five <laughs> musical artists. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We don't know. We don't need to. Uh, I mean, this is. It depends. Do we want to make them sound like uh, the original actors? Uh, not really. Or we I, just don't care. We just get like whoever whoever, whoever we can contract. Whoever into, we can contract. So right. long as they give it us like a, a top twenty song. I mean, the the we talked about a film a number of weeks ago with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga and it yep. called A Star, Star Is Born. Is Born yeah. Apparently, it's like ridiculously good. Blowing and, up. Yeah. Um, and one of the songs from it is doing well in the charts yep. we need that we need that that <laughs> cash grab yeah we do we do um the you know uh what uh indira mendel or whatever who did uh, uh yep. um the let it go was yep. like number one on the charts for weeks there was a song yep. from moana which did well in the yep. charts this is this is our opportunity yeah. to do it we need to it's the song that makes you go see the movie that makes you buy the toys yes that's the that's the cyclical like loop there um so uh let's just get let's get one of the jonas brothers because the, the one who's, just one. The, well, the one that's not in anything. Exactly. Because yep. Nick Jonas apparently is too popular. Yep. Joe Jonas, I want to say, is another <laughs> is that, one of them. Really? And let's just say the one who was not Nick or Joe, <laughs> and we're not even going to bother doing the, the research one. to find out what his name is. We'll call he, it, he's <laughs> the one who gets to do the sound alike. The other Jonas brother yeah. uh, will be one of the sound alikes. Uh, I think there's also a really good opportunity here to mix up genres as well. Yep. So, like, we get Keith Urban in, and yeah, Keith yeah. Urban's doing the, the sound alike yep. to, to Liam Neeson, <laughs> and we draw in the country music crowd <laughs> in that one. Yeah. Um, do we get him to do, like, a Scottish accent as well while I I don't think we'd even bother. Don't like bother? no one's going right. to notice. 
Yep. Um, uh, and then uh, what's, what's another genre of music where uh, we can draw people in from? Uh, we need rap. We need sort of like R&B and rap, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Drake. Eminem. Um, Drake, Drake can be the sound alike for Mindy Kaling. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so that's fine. We'll get we'll get that that um that sub sub set of uh, of music yep, uh, yep. music in. Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Rock. I, we need to bring in some rock. rock. Oh, who's doing like rock uh, these days? The, um, uh, not many. Uh, I almost said Kings of Leon. <laughs> uh, uh, that shows how much I've got my finger on the pulse. Wait, they probably so haven't released even, an album so for not 11 even, years. It doesn't even need to be a female singer. I probably should be. Uh, re- I was just going to say Foo Fighters. <laughs> Are there any female uh, rock band? There's um, what's her face? Joan Jett is doing uh, a lot of like every time. So the Foo Fighters are starting to do Nirvana covers now. Yeah, uh, and every time they do "Smells Like Teen Spirit," they get Joan Jett to sing it. Okay, and she sounds fine as like, that's a, good a, a, as a sort jo- of Joan Jett is Coke Reese Witherspoon's yep. uh, sound alike. Yeah, um, backed by the Foo Fighters. Yes, and uh, all we need now is a Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> type. Uh, what what music though do we want? Do we want something from like the classical world? Classical music. We could. I mean, I suppose I what? was sort of thinking uh, the Aretha Franklin sort of like oh, yeah. uh, soul sixties soul. Yep. But all the people I can think of <laughs> tragically aren't like like James Brown. I'm like Barry White. No, he can't Bette do it. Isaac Hayes. I'm pretty sure is gone. <laughs> Bette Midler. Bet Midler. She's a good show tunesy. All right, so we're, do, we're doing like, a bit more sort of show. Like yeah. it just needs to be um, powerful. I think. Powerful, I think. Yeah. I think Bet Midler can yeah. can pull that the off as like, well. Did you ever know that you're my hero? Style? Yeah, you're the wind beneath my wings. Wind beneath my wings. You're the spring the beneath my springs. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is is that the that is the name of the song as well? I think it's wind beneath my wings. No, no, no. We oh, the, the name of the song from our oh, from our, our film yep. is the spring beneath my springs. <laughs> Uh, is is that really in reference to cowboy the space boots? Uh, uh, yeah, so it, yeah. It, it is it is the 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 jumping boots yeah, yeah. on the pogo stick. Yeah. So you are the spring beneath my springs. That's it. Yeah, and they have like a nice little moment, romantic moment together under the moonlight. Exactly. As they're like bouncing all across this like deserted island, yeah. and I like to think that they're damaging themselves as well while they're doing <laughs> it because like they're not safe to children and they're not safe to themselves, but they don't care. Yeah. Like they're just they just don't care. <laughs> all right. The last thing that we need to come up with here is it's, it's a, it's name. a name. For yeah. this film, yeah. See, the, the problem is like the name has been like the the island of misfit toys is a thing. Is such right? a good name for this film, but it is already a thing. Um, what what are we going to call it? Do we need to reference the uprising? Do we need to reference the? I think it's more to do with the forgotten nature. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, of of the toys. Yep. Unforgotten. This sounds like Unforgiven. I don't want Clint Eastwood to show up with a gun and start killing people. Do we need to get Clint Eastwood to just direct this film? Then? Oh, I don't know. He'd probably put too many unrealistic babies in there. <laughs> Which, to be fair, like forgotten toys, forgotten dolls, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What are we... What are uh, we... So I there's mean, toys, there's playtime. Uh, what, 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 how about we just call it Recall? Like, you know when toys... Yeah. When stuff gets... like Products get like banned, Maybe just, they get recalled. Uh, so something like... Product recall? Product recall. It does sound like too much <laughs> like total recall now. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Um, Defective? No. Um, uh, what, what was the ugly dolls thing called? It's just called ugly just dolls. Just called ugly dolls. <laughs> Broken toys. Like <laughs> Forgotten toys. I d- the forgotten toys. The recalled toys. Because Ball in a Cup wasn't really recalled, was it? I think forgotten toys is where... No, but specific versions of, of Cup and Ball were recalled, though. So, like, the general idea of cup and ball continues, but, like, the version of cup and ball was, like, a hard wooden ball with a spiky cone at the bottom. That was recalled because too dangerous for kids. 
So we, just, we go with recalled toys. Recalled to- the recalled toys. And there's there's an element there of like they're being recalled into society right, as well. So called back into action yeah. as well, uh, military wise, as they march back onto the mainland yeah. to seek revenge and uh, playtime. All right, we can make that work. The recalled toys. Yeah, and I think the tagline is seeking revenge and playtime. Yeah, and so there's a nice blend of live act. Most of most of the toys are actually physical toys that yep. we've uh, stop yep. motion animated. But when they get it back into the real world, they um they sort of interact more with a live action cast. Yeah, yeah. So like like Toy Story, they don't like they're not alive when there's humans around. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So like they just. I think what needs to happen is like. You know how, like, uh, the classic sort of Christmas morning style, like, kids open the doors and they go outside this beautiful, like, snowy day and there's just all these new toys out in the street and they're, yeah, they've just all arrived uh, back onto the mainland. They're not alive because there's humans around. And then, like, the kids open their doors on Christmas Day, all these brand new reject toys are there Bet. and they start playing with them and then the film just ends with the sounds of, like, kids screaming in terror okay, and pain. Okay, sure. Perfect. <laughs> And that is the recalled the toys. recalled toys directed by Clint Eastwood <laughs> <laughs> and starring a cavalcade of stars with a cavalcade <laughs> of voice cavalcade of like singing voice alikes that sound nothing like them. Bette Midler playing Neil deGrasse Tyson. It works. You'll see it. It'll work. It'll come through in the edit. When she sings, "You are the spring beneath my springs." <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. Housekeeping, as per usual, we are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and Mephuzawidita, which stands for... Movie Film Studios Workshop Digital Distribution Platform? No, Workshop Digital. Digital, digital Distribution Platform. I forgot platform. the double digital. Yeah. I, I once remember rebuking you for, getting, <laughs> forget, for forgetting the double digital, and right. here I am a 12 months later. Yep. And the P is silent in Mephuzawidita. So uh, that's how that works. <laughs> Uh, and that is a database of the films that we've created on this podcast search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post clues as to the trailers that we've watched in upcoming episodes Pokemon Ugly Dolls Missing Link Wonder Park and Dumbo Dumbo might be alright that's alright really the the anagram in Google Translate options to, <laughs> that's true. Uh, it, uh, it does make it, it does significant work I, for you. yeah I mean but the, having five trailers this week means I'm either having to double up on one of those or come up with original <laughs> ways of uh, jumbling and, and uh, cluing you into what films we've watched. Who'll know? Who knows? And uh, if you'd like to artificially inflate the amount of listens that we uh, get on the podcast, then have a listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, uh, any other place that you get yeah. podcasts and our website. If you as sync well. it up on all of your devices, you get this really nice Dolby seven point one surround. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Particularly if you if you position them in seven different positions, sort of surrounding you, it's great. It's like our voices are coming from seven different positions all around you, all around you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it. All that remains is to thank you once again for listening this week. I've been Isaac, and I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.